Hope you guys are ready because hockey is back and we are live. Hockey royalties back in action here. We are talking about the land down under, the rookie tournament, and all the fixings getting ready for this upcoming season. So get in the chat, like, and subscribe. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, I don't know if you guys can tell that I'm pumped, and I hope you guys are pumped. Everybody in the chat is pumped. It's hockey season, everybody. We got some real live puck being played, and we're here to talk about it. But before we get into the deep, in the weeds, in the penalty box, gotta see how my co-hosts are doing. Russ, Joe, how you guys feeling up here? How are we, are we ready for this? We ready for this matchup here? Are we ready for the season? We trying to throw down some beers and watch some hits into the boards. I'm excited. Yeah, man. I mean, I can't wait. I mean, if you think about it, we have a full weekend of Kings hockey this weekend. You got the a game on Friday night. We got a game on Saturday night with the two Australia games. And we got a game Sunday night in Anaheim. So, yeah, hockey's here. Finally. It is hard not to get excited about this. The itch is back. Hockey's back. Speaking of which, sort of side note, like to get talk about that hockey itch. Took the son today, the older son. He's got got all geared up. He's got he had to get new skates. He's got hockey pants, shoulder pads, gloves, elbow pads. Put it all on. He's fired up. Hockey's hockey's live and well. Here we go. Here we go. Ready Ooh, to go. Proud Papa getting his yeah. son some gear. I like fired it. Up. So what? Uh, what? Uh, how old is he? And then where? Like it's like like is it like Mighty Mites in football where they're just a bunch of like amoebas just going around. <laughs> Like trying to stand up, is that how's it going? So I've got I got him on the ice about three years old. He's he's gonna turn five in November, so a couple months will be five. So I got him on the ice skating at three years old. So I've just kind of been me and him going to open skates or whatever for the last year or so. Um, gonna get him. I've had gonna get him into like a learn to skate, like so he can go listen and hear it from other people and get out there with a bunch of other kids and stuff. So it'll be a learn to skate program see how he takes to it hopefully he falls in love and we're off and running and then yeah it'll be like you know mites and stuff like that on the way up we'll see what happens but yeah i'm i'm excited hopefully he is al smith coming in what are you on ran i'm on excitement i'm on pure bliss <laughs> i'm on hockey baby let's go let's go i'm excited you know I, I, football's in football's great you know win some money fantasy football that kind of stuff i'm in too many leagues wait i've overextended myself there but uh but I'm happy for some hockey there. I'm I'm sad that I'm going to miss the opening round because I'll be in Europe, but I'll be in Europe, so I'll get over it, right? So uh, <laughs> it, it is what it is there. But no, I'm just pumped up. I'm back. To, I'm glad to be back with my boys, man. We haven't talked hockey in a long time. It should be a good episode. I'm glad that you fans are in here, ready to go. I'm already looking. We're a couple of minutes in. We're already 25 strong in the chat. So let's let's throw those uh, fingers a type in here and let's get going on this. Rookie face-off started off. Obviously, Russ, you were there in, in in good hockey royalty fashion and seeing what was going on there uh, during the games, three games uh, for the Kings. I, I don't want to break out every single game because I think that would be a little nuisance, but let's, let's start with the highs there. Where were you most surprised or, or excited about what happened with uh, the rookie faceoff and where were some bright points for you? Yeah, the rookie faceoff, another... I guess a fun event. I mean, it's, it's always a good time. I mean, I met a couple fans down there. Um, 
got to talk to a lot of uh, NHL involved people. So it's always a good time. And also it's kind of like the precursor, the prelude to the hockey season, right? It's just kind of getting ready for the, for the, uh, the season coming up. But yeah, as a, from a King's perspective, I mean, going into this, the, in terms of like expectations for how the team would do, I, I would say it's probably lower compared to the past few years. I mean, this is a Kings team in terms of rookie faceoff that went into this uh, this year's events as, as with really no first round picks on the roster compared to the Quentin Byfields who have been around. Uh, Brant Clark participated last year, uh, Alex Turcotte, and, and all those uh, all those players. But so this this uh, roster had a little bit more roster invites included in it. Um, and then I guess maybe I, I'm not sure, but the highest pick player that the Kings had was like a second rounder, but all in all, I, I mean, from, from my perspective, all the players that you perhaps wanted to see do well, in my opinion, did really well. And I guess in, in terms of surprises, the big surprise for me, and I guess the story of the weekend for the Kings was Jacob Ingham. I mean, this is a player that really nobody's kind of we've all just kind of overlooked right i mean he's eric portillo's come in um he's been almost enshrined as like the next coming in terms of in net also he's a third round pick and there's kind of a project in terms of that uh so jacob england's kind of been flown under the radar and a lot of it had to do with his uh injury last year where he pretty much missed all last season uh, due to back surgery um from an injury in rookie faceoff last year in san jose so i mean that first game it was just like watching that game and how Jacob Ingham performed um, through that first, I guess, 30 minutes or so, because he came out about midway through the second period. I mean, he was the best player on the ice for both teams. You, when you are able to save 29 shots in the time that he was on the ice and like midway through a game, he gets a full game's worth of action in his first game back. I mean, you could just tell like the emotions were all, were also glowing when we talked to him after the, after the game too. Um, he talked about it, how everything that had kind of taken him off the ice and, and all that all that work that he had been, been through in terms of rehab and the surgery involved, it was all going through his head at the start of the game. But once he kind of got into the action, he just felt comfortable. And like, like I said, when we talked to him after the game, it, it was like, like oh, <laughs> it's weird because he's he's almost just started to get emotional talking about it. And it, like almost got me emotional because you can just see the way he's talking about like how he writes like something to prove on his helmet how he's coming to the season with something to prove um and then he talking about um just his first hockey game in almost a year i mean it was just it was just a great story you know it's, it's now become a player that i'm going to be rooting for for the coming to the season so definitely the mvp of this of the weekend for me was jacob bingham and it's gonna be a fun story to watch for him how he goes with the year Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully he gets an ice back after that, after that game and, uh, and, and gets going ready for the season. Joe, I know you rewatched a little bit of it there going on. Uh, where, where was some of, one of your bright spots there in, in what you saw? Um, I, the two that were not really a surprise, but it was just kind of, as Russ said, the guys that you kind of expected or hoped to be the better players, they sure looked the part. Uh, I, I really liked what, uh, LaFerriere and, and Pinelli, they, they looked really, really good. Um, but again, more or less expected. So I was like, just more like, okay, kind of easing the mind. But for me, I had kind of a, a couple of players that really, I really enjoyed watching. Um, Kim Nusiain and I've liked since he, since he came over to Ontario. Yeah. I, I remember when, when Randon, we, I, I don't remember if it was making it rain or if it was after the fact, but when, when Nusiain was somebody that was 
ending his season over in Europe, and I was watching video of him in Europe. I'm like, I like this kid quite a bit. Uh, love the skating, good puck mover, can run a power play. Like he he's he's a good little player. And then on the uh, power play, he sits in the crease, even though he's like five seven. Like he just he's just doing like liver shots to the defenseman, like getting getting the position and stuff. I love man. He, yeah, guy's a sap. I, I like him quite a bit, and and he's he you know could see an even more uh, even bigger role in Ontario this year. So he's somebody that I definitely have an eye on, and somebody else that really caught my eye on the blue line uh, was Angus Booth. I, I thought this kid looked pretty good. Um, of all the defensemen in what in the I did not see all of the all of the games, but in the game what I was able to see, Booth and Nusayinen looked far and away the best two defensemen I, I i really liked uh angus booth quite a bit bigger a little bit bigger you know of course than new is but again smooth skater can move the puck well he played some power play time uh, his instincts too like there were some a couple of moments where he would like have a give and go play jump into the play like i i really like what what he brings to the table and and you know conveniently enough for the both of them there are a couple of left shot defensemen um, and lastly, a player that, that stood out to me that, that I, w- I came away impressed with was a player that I came away impressed with last year at this time. Like, I really liked Atu Jamson yes, last year. He was solid, like an under-the-radar, unassuming, but really good puck protection, good handles on him, smart player. You can tell the way he reads the ice, his vision. So, again, like, I don't want to say that I was like, oh, okay, good, he's he's – he, he looks good again, and I was just – I didn't want to take it for granted because I liked him last year. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more excited about Jamson than, than uh, maybe I had been, say, a year or two ago. But um, So those were a few, a few of the positives that stuck out for me. I mean, yeah, I thought you were getting into his. I thought right. you were getting into his lettuce well. a little bit, and then, <laughs> and then, and then you his board say. plays, you know. But uh, Jamson, a, a top-shelf top uh, lid there going for, for everybody. I really like what you were saying there with Kim Nusayan, and, and I, I want to get into this. A lot of people are, are reiterating what you said, and we talked about it in that podcast about how you need a veteran that needs to show himself that he's a veteran, that he needs to dominate the ice. He needs to go in there, and you know, obviously the Pinellis and, and the Laferrieres had a great tournament, but we're talking about Kim Nusayanin, right? I mean, he's a little bit older. Uh, he's played in Europe with men. Uh, he's He's got that graduation kind of flew under the radar last year didn't really take that next step but he was on the ice and a lot of people in the chat i mean right right here like you know Uro's coming in kim was looking really mm-hmm. good running the power play in finland before coming to the yeah, u.s right mm-hmm. uh new really opened my eyes he's really fun love how he gets back to um when he gets a little bit too deep so he's able to get play in the offensive zone and get back and recover in the defensive zone uh, and Nick Froman coming here saying after Jeff's hair was the MVP of the tournament. <laughs> I agree of that. So Kim Usainian, obviously left side of the D's have been a huge topic in the last two years. You know, he's not that big, strong defenseman. He's not going to make you, he's not going to punish you with the hits, uh, but he's a puck moving guy. Uh, Joe, you love the puck moving guys. You love the guys that are able to facilitate the offense. Mm-hmm. What do you see from Kim Nusayanin? And then Russ, I want you to piggyback on him after he gets done. Yep. Well, uh, you know, similar to what I, you would just kind of hit on a couple of the pieces. Like when I, I didn't know, I'll, I'll, I'll go back a little bit. So I didn't know a ton about the player, 
But when, again, I think it was right around the time when his season was done. I think he came over around the same time as Hellenius, I want to say. Was it a season ago or a season? It was or, last, not, yeah. Yeah, I believe he last, came over after finished. Yeah. The prior right. season, not not this past season, but yeah. the season before, right? And so I started watching some some clips of him and some video of him. And I'm like, oh, boy, this, this is a player. Like, this is somebody that... Um, you know, obviously we'll see how it translates when he comes over to North America. Um, but, but this is a player. So I was really, really excited. And I mean, I saw, that's exactly what I saw coming out of or in, in, over the weekend in, in this camp. Now I, I didn't see enough of, of, and I'd be curious to pick Kyle Garcia's brain on how Kim Nusainen looked in, in Ontario. I didn't, I just didn't see enough of him in the AHL last year to know, you know, where he's at and how he fit in, but, you know, a full season's worth of AHL games under his belt um, is only going to help him. And I think that he, you know, as we head into this season, you know, he's somebody that, that you will see how the rest of camp goes, but he's certainly somebody that's like, hey, if he continues to play big minutes in Ontario and plays a good role, if something happens in L.A., maybe he's somebody that that gets a call to to in, in an injury situation, for example. I mean, I, I don't think he's – I'm not exactly going to put him in the competition for that third pair D because I don't think that's the case. But he's at least somebody that hopefully, and I assume the case, that the organization's you know certainly got their eyes on. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a player that now – we're seeing this almost offensive talent come to fruition a little bit more with this game. Um, the last few times I, I agree. Like I'm with you where I haven't, I didn't really pay much attention to him in Ontario. And I, I know he's probably playing behind like a Tobias Bjornfoot and, and down on the left side and Jake Mavari probably too as well. So I don't know if he got too much ice time, but yeah, going into this year, um, looking at the left side, he's probably gonna be a player that's going to be quarterbacking a power play more more often than not with the Ontario rain. And the thing that I really liked about Noceanian and what I noticed was a lot of the off ice stuff is that he was really kind of almost like the, the fun guy within the locker room. Like whenever we were doing media scrums, he would always walk by and kind of try to make the guy laugh and stuff like that. And that's kind of stuff you want to see. You want to see them ingrained into the locker room a little bit and, and bring that kind of, uh, um, that aspect in terms of that locker room culture, because that's what the Kings have always talked about is bring building that culture in the locker room. And, and it seems like something that he's really getting along with a lot of the guys on the team. And he's become a, a real, a real presence on the blue line in terms of being able to see the play happen in front of him and, and carry the puck up the, up the ice and find that open man with that first pass. So a lot of good stuff that I like from Kim, Kim Nosanian. And yeah, I'm going to be watching him a little bit more with, with the rain this year. I hope he does get a larger role because you're right. I mean, he with when you've got Bjornfoot and Mulverari along the left side there in Ontario, you know, he, he probably didn't quite get, um, you know, as much time as, as maybe he could. And that he, listen, he could still very well be behind them this year, but I, I kind of would like to see them thrust him into a more advanced role um, just to see how he handles it because uh, I think there's a player there. I think they're going to take a, a step back in the rain. And as far as the blue line is concerned, you, like, right, you have Jordan Spence competing for an NHL roster spot. You have Brant Clark competing for an NHL roster spot. So New Cyanin could be that number one power play. If they send one of those previously mentioned guys down, maybe he's number two. So he might not be, you know, normal five on five first pairing, but you could see him working some power play time in there because his skating is undeniable. And he's mm-hmm. he's able to find those good passes, you know, through through different defenders, through the sticks. I really like what he brings to the table, you know, shorter guy, but uh, 
a lot of, I don't think he has the tenacity of a Tory Krug, but he has that kind of st- skating style where he's not afraid to go to the net. He's not afraid to abandon his post for an offensive opportunity. Um, but he's a very good skater. And I think that it could, it's something that you need to watch for. Maybe if multiple injuries happen, he gets a cup of coffee, but I'm just, I'm, I'm more intrigued of him working his way up the ladder of yep. the AHL. So maybe by the end of the season, he is defenseman lefty one and power play one based on what he's doing. Yep. Uh, the other lefty in, in, you know, number one draft pick of this year, uh, Russ, I know that you sent out a tweet uh, or not a tweet. You sent out a private message in our, our group chat about Dvorak, but uh, Kyle Larson is saying, what do you guys think of Dvorak? I uh, didn't think his skating was bad enough to not to be an NHLer still young, but Russ, you weren't impressed during the during the rookie faceoff. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to look at these performances in rookie faceoff and and come away with a lot of negatives because that's not really what these things are about. I mean, the thing the thing with Dvorak, I think we 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 look at is we probably give him a little bit more hype than usual just because of like if he was the sec if he was if there was a first round pick in this year's draft, we probably wouldn't be talking about Dvorak as much as we are. But because he's the first pick of the draft that the Kings had, there's a little bit more of a spotlight shown on him. So when he comes into this rookie faceoffs, when he comes in the development cap, everybody's gonna be looking at him because he's the new guy. He's the new guy, the highest draft pick the Kings have. So when when I'm watching him play, I mean, we've read the scouting reports, we've heard about his skating from Scott Wheeler. The Kings maybe feel a little bit differently. So I wanted to look at it a little bit more objectively when I'm watching him play. And, and I could just, I see some of that negative aspect in terms of skating. Um, there were times where he maybe was trying to do a little bit too much. Maybe that Brant Clark kind of style where he's pinching up or trying to make something happen on the offensive zone. And he would get caught up ice quite a bit. It happened. I would, maybe four or five times throughout the, throughout the weekend. And it, it turned into odd man opportunities the other way. And unfortunately, like with his skating ability, it takes him a little while to get kind of transition back to defensive style. But with, with Dvorak, um, I think he had a decent weekend. This is his first rookie faceoff. So it's kind of like hard. He's coming into a team in an environment. He's, he's thrust brand new in. Right. So it's hard to be so, so hard on the, on the player, but there were, there were some good things I liked about Dvorak that I hadn't really noticed before. I think he's got a really sneaky good shot from the blue line that kind of jump, jumps off his stick that I was pretty surprised about. And then he he plays really well in one-on-one situations, whether it's along the boards or he's defending the player right in front of him, um, backing up into his own zone. But in terms of offensive play, like reading the play, it's it's definitely a contrast from what we've seen in the past from like a player like Brant Clark. And I don't want to compare the two, but I'm just kind of saying – this is a player that's going to take some time to develop. He's is you can see the obviously you can't teach size and he's got the reach involved with being 65, but there is some I guess parts of his game that need a little bit more work and and just kind of by what they've released in terms of the training camp roster, it certainly looks like they've already sent him or he's going to be going back to Europe. Cause I don't, I haven't seen him on any of the rosters and in, in training camps so far. So that looks to be the case, which I think is, is the right decision. Cause you want him to keep percolating over there in, um, in the Czech league. So there were some things I like from Dvorak, but I, I, I can tell he's going to be a little bit of a project. He's an 18 year old, big, big body prospect who has some deficiencies but the uh, probably uh, one of the biggest things is is the the multitude of injuries that he's had in his development at at this age. So 
I mean, I'll be honest, like of all the guys that I talked about with like you come in with a certain maybe expectation for a guy like Leferriere, Pinelli, or even some of these other guys. I didn't have any expectations for Dvorak. I didn't care per se how he quote unquote looked, maybe just curious, but I, I'm, I just hopefully he continues to hopefully he stays healthy. Um and, you know, the Kings have a good development plan for him. As you mentioned, I didn't see him on the roster either, Russ. So he's going to go and, and he's going to get a, a crap ton of ice time, I presume. And and that'll hopefully be uh, really good for him. So uh, I, I honestly, like, wouldn't think too – I wouldn't go too hard into into this one way or the other. I just think he's a project and, and you know, there's going to be patience that's required with him. And I would just – but like to point out uh, kind of along those lines of a project that, cause I did see a lot of, maybe not a lot, I shouldn't say that, but there were some frustrations perhaps on the Twitter machine about Eric Portillo. And, and mm-hmm. I, again, really, really, really want to level set expectations. Like I don't know what people's expectations were for platoon. Like I wanted the trade, like this is something we talked about. I love getting a prospect in the system because the system's thin uh, and goalie prospects are all about the trade. But I think I said it shortly after the trade, he's probably a solid two years in the AHL. Like I think he is very, very raw. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, have, have some struggles this year as he adapts to the pro game. Like I think we're, we're, not barring injury or emergency situation. Like I'm not expecting Portillo anywhere near the NHL this year. Um, um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is again, two, two full seasons in the AHL. Never know. He could be a goalie in Winnevesna in two years. Who, what do I know? But, um, but I, I said goalies, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> They're crazy, but no, I, I really, really think that, that this is another guy that people really have to be patient on. Don't go crazy when, you know, he has a bad couple of months in Ontario because he's adapting to the pro game. I think this is going to be a big, big adjustment uh, for um, for Portillo. So I just want to throw that out there to make sure expectations are kind of level set. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this is another case where the expectations are probably a little inflated just based off the circumstance, right? Yeah. I mean, you just look at the Kings pipeline in net, it's Eric Portillo. So everything that Eric Portillo does is going to be under a microscope. And, like, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, when he came in and there were goals being let in, like, sure, you can say there were soft goals. It is what it is. But, I mean, this, like you just said, he's going to be a project. He's come in as a project. Nobody's expecting him to get NHL games this season. And if he does, there's probably something bigger going yeah, on. There's a bigger problem going on. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think another maybe two years is what we would see in the, in the AHL with him on the reign. Wouldn't, wouldn't be the worst thing. So, yeah, he's going to be a project. We have to wait to see a little bit yeah. more, but that, that's kind of why I go back to Jacob Ingham because you yeah. you look at the Kings pipeline in net, and this is really. I mean, anybody can just take the reins and be the number one goaltender in the Kings organization in terms of prospects. So if Jacob Ingham, who can continue to build off of this momentum he's he's got going from him from the rookie faceoff, can continue that into which would more likely be some preseason action in these first couple of games, I would expect. I mean, that's going to be another player we have to watch in that, as, and, and not just Eric Portillo, too. So I'm excited from uh, both the goaltenders. And it's just, I guess, it's something to look forward to in that where we haven't really had that opportunity in the past in, in Kings prospects. So Carson McNitt coming in here. Thank you for coming in the chat. I don't think I've ever seen you post a, post a comment here, so appreciate you listening to the pod. 
Portillo is a project, but goalies take a while to develop. I have faith. It's his first pro season. I'm not expecting yep. him to kill it. I, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here, right? Played for Michigan. Uh, was a top goaltender two years ago. One of the best goaltenders in the NCAA. Had a down season because of the team. So was he carried? Was it a circumstance of just having a down season? So I think there's a lot of things coming in here for me that I'm a little bit concerned about. Um, he hasn't had one practice game rookie face off where he stood out as a contributor or as a guy who could stop pucks. He's allowed pucks in every single time. So for me, it's a little bit of concern there. Like, Hey, this guy's a big six foot six stalwart. Like he will show me something like, give me one good glimpse, right? Like by, if we weren't, we're talking about Byfield later, but Byfield show glimpses. And then you're like, Hey, I need production. Like I haven't seen a glimpse from Portillo. And so it, let me just finish show. I, I think that I'm not a, and there's no expectations from Patilla for me. So where those where those things are coming in here, and I'm like, hey, I haven't seen anything or this or that or what's going on. Yeah, that, that's a harsh criticism. That's accurate criticism. But I'm not expecting him to come in and play the second half of the season for the Kings. Yeah. I'm not exactly expecting him to go have a 1.5, you know, uh, you know, goal per av- uh, goal per average for the rain this season. I'm just saying that he had a great season. He was one of the best goalies in the NCAA then had a bad, a decent season, and then hasn't had any good tape or games for the Kings, period. So where where is this here? Is it he's is he did he have a miraculous season because Michigan was one of the top five teams in the NCAA and they carried him? Or is does this kid have actually have talent? I'm just I just have questions. Uh, that's fair. And listen, I think he I I think he's a raw talent. But let's let's just be clear there's a very real chance he doesn't make it right the kings the kings made this trade i guess I, i'm not going to pretend to be in their front office but there's a glaring need in the organization for goaltending prospects the sabers had a plethora the trade just made sense and you didn't give up a significant asset to do it not uh, knocking the trade at all i love the yeah, trade. yeah so i guess what I, all i'm saying is is um is just it was a, it's a, it's a dart throw and that's fine. So I, I actually just don't, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like you want to see something. I, I, I just, it's going to take a, it's going to take a while. So I, I'm, I guess I don't. Is it, need- is it a dart throw, Joe? Third round pick isn't nothing. Like we've got plenty of third round picks. So that's not sure. a dart throw. You went out and asked for the guy. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I, I, yeah. I don't think it's a dart I, throw. I, I, I think yeah. it's an, it's a, it's a registered move by the Kings. And it hasn't paid off so far. And that's fair to say. Like, it's only been, what, five games, six games? Like, there's nothing wrong with Portillo or Patillo. I'm just saying that it it it's it just not, hasn't been what I thought it would be so far. And well, I'm he, not just, I mean, he, hasn't even, he hasn't even played, like, an actual game yet. So, But I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, you want to see something, right? Because <laughs> we haven't seen anything in terms of the goalie pros, prospect pipeline. LaFerriere is a third-round pick, and we've seen plenty from him. I'm just kind of focusing Fair. on the goalies. And I'm not, I'll focus on the goalies for now. I mean, when was the last goalie that we've seen in the Kings system that has impressed us? I can't really think of one. It's been that long, right? David Rennick? David Rennick I mean, played college And where's he right now? Came, not and he's team. in Europe. Yeah. So it's like, so I, I get it. It's just you want to see flashes. He's come in as this new kind of heir apparent in net for the Kings. So patience is going to have to be there for, for Purcell because I agree with Joe. It's just like, we just have to give it time with Portillo because I mean the physicals are there. The physicals are there. He's a six foot six goalie that can move pretty well. He's just 
got to have some time. He's coming straight from college, straight into the professional league. So, I mean, who knows if he gets – I would expect him to get a lot of time with the Ontario Rainbow. I mean, with how Ingham performs, it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. how they split that too because I, I'd be kind of – yeah, I know, and you have Riddick yeah. down there, so I'd be it'd be inter- it'll be interesting to see how they split it with those three because it, uh, I'd be a little disappointed if if Ingram Ingram kind of continued this momentum throughout the preseason, continued to show a lot of the flashes that he showed in the rookie faceoff, and then they just sent him to Greenville because I, I want to see a little bit more out of that. I want to see him continue that momentum. I, well, with the Ontario I, I want to ask you guys this because I came up, uh, I didn't come up with this, but it came it stemmed from the NFL allowing three quarterbacks on the team. Or to suit up on game day, right? I mean, obviously they have the e-bug and all that kind of stuff like that. But the third goalie doesn't count against the cap. I think that might be a situation for the NHL there, right? So, hey, you have you have all three goalies. The third one doesn't count against the cap. You're just there in case of injury. But you're not like you're not having to stash him in the AHL where he's taking time away from players that I mean, Rich doesn't need to play NHL games. Like he's what thirty. So like you're doing that to where now you're taking away time from development. That was my biggest knock on Copley last year was that mm-hmm. he's taking the time away from development. So should or could the NHL use that premise to where you get a ghost goalie or an extra goalie where the cap doesn't is concerned and he's just there in the locker room to, drinking yeah, beer about that, until right? until he's ready to to go. I would say no, just because I think you, you, these guys they got to have some reps. They got to have reps under their belts, and and I was with you on the Copley thing, and and it obviously ended up, you know, we, we ended up being wrong on that one, but backfired you know, immensely. Yes, he he played, but he 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 played what a dozen games or so in Ontario, um, so I think the reason that he earned the call up was because he played a dozen games and he played well. Um, so I, I would rather somebody, I, you know, if Riddich is going to be a guy, cause chances are, if we say this, as we sit here before camp officially kicks off, like it certainly he, he's the next man up. You would imagine if something happens to, to one of Copley or tablets, you kind of want him playing. Mm-hmm. You want to, you want him to get at least some time there because if something does happen, you're going to need him. You're gonna need him sharp. Let's throw it over to the forward group here. And obviously the highlight of the tournament was LaFerriere and Pinelli's connection. Obviously, Chromiak had some goals there and everything like that. Uh, Pinelli has been one of my favorite prospects. Over 50 goals in the OHL. Just lighting the lamp left and right. LaFerriere dominated the NCAA. Fan favorite coming in there. Should have got a cup of coffee last year. Come on, McClellan. What are you doing? Just get get the kid a game. Mm-hmm. You know, let 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 him go bucket list for the. He should have got that game, that, that last. Yeah, buck, I it would bucket list for eighty two. He should have been there, but it, it is what it is. And and both those guys showed up for the tournament. Russ, you said their chemistry was on point. I mean, you multiple tweets there. Uh, people were seeing it there. Is is this the future second line for the LA Kings? Maybe four, two, three down years, four years down the road. I mean, maybe. I mean, the way I'm, I'm so excited with Alex Laferriere. I mean, every time I watch this kid play hockey, it's just, it's he's the most entertaining player on the ice when he's on the ice. He he brings a physical element to the game. He's able to score. He he, he skates really well. I mean, there's just a lot to like with Laferriere, and it's just some a player that that I glow whenever I, I watch him play. Just going back to Harvard, so to see him now kind of develop this like bash brother chemistry with Francisco Pinelli, it's like. 
they're almost like very similar, but but very different at the same time. Where they kind of look the same when they're on the ice, and maybe that has something to do with the numbers. One was seventy-eight, one was seventy-three, and and their size a little bit. But Pinelli maybe plays with a little bit more finesse, has a little bit more like a little bit more fancy to his game, I guess. Where Laferriere is just kind of like that bull in a china shop, where he's just going to make things happen, but then also get to the front of the net and then put your put your body put bodies on the board. So. I mean, man, I just can't get more excited over what I'm seeing from Laferriere. And sure enough, he brought it again this rookie faceoff. And, and that was where I talked about where the players that you expected to perform performed. And Laferriere did just that. So I'm just I'm just excited to see what he can do with the rain this year. Yeah, you can see the the playmaker to kind of shooter type of chemistry and combo that they had with with Pinelli being kind of the the silky playmaker and and Laferriere being the shooter, yeah, that they looked really good uh, together. I, I, a guy I want to throw, and I know we 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 talked a bit about uh, Jamson, and maybe we can come back to him too. But I want to throw another name at there, Russ, just to get your thoughts on him because I I thought I thought he he surprised me. I like I, I was like okay, I he was noticeable. I thought he looked okay, and I'm not even just talking about the fight, but Caleb Lawrence looked like he belonged like he he didn't look out of place out there and again i know this is a guy that's 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 been around a little bit but as a prospect but i i, I kind of liked what i saw out of out of caleb lawrence and, and at least somebody that you know maybe if wasn't really on my radar maybe now he is i don't know if that's if you saw what, what you saw of him over the, you saw a lot more uh of the weekend so yeah, I definitely saw a lot of caleb lawrence it's, it's it's easy to see a guy who's what six seven six 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 on the ice and he's Big, big kid. I mean, and I also heard a lot of Caleb Lawrence on the ice because he's he's a chirper out there. He loves to talk. He loves to talk. And it's funny because after the first game against San Jose, the two teams got to the, got to the center ice, shook hands, and did the whole thing. But then after the – I think it was the, the Coyotes game. I want to say the Coyotes game. The two teams didn't shake hands. And a lot of it was because there was a lot of jawing going back and forth as the two teams were leaving. And Caleb Lawrence was the main player that was kind of involved in a lot of that. So, yeah, he's, he's an exciting player. And it's, it's funny. He's almost kind of like a Sammy Hellenius a little bit where he's just yeah. a big physical dude, physical guy. But then I think Lawrence has a little bit more offensive yeah. game to him. Yeah, and you saw that a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I thought, I thought Lawrence had a good weekend as well. A guy that maybe played one game before the draft because of injury. So a big unknown, you know, offensive skill. Uh, you know, maybe Keen's got a gem there. I, I think we're going back to here. Uh, Lieb comes in, says, hey, I like Zemer too. Absolutely zero first step. But once he gets going, he's got the skill and can eventually get going. Jimmy Ben vibes, very raw prospect. He wasn't really raw in, in, in the minor leagues. Lots of goals, lots of finishing ability. But he seems more like that, uh, you know, dancing a puck in a phone booth type guy to where once he gets, he's able to shoot, he's able to pass, he's able to do what he wants to do within a three-foot area. Russ, what did you see from him going into the, the faceoff? Yeah, I, I like Zemer. Um, plays very physical, almost kind of got that Dustin Brown element to his game where he's just going to finish every check that he gets a chance. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Lee. I mean, he, he didn't he wasn't the best skater on the ice. You he, he get the puck on his stick and then kind of take him a while to kind of get going. Um, but, yeah, I mean, once he's in the offensive zone, he's definitely one of the more creative players that the Kings had, and he played a lot of power play time for the Kings. So, yeah, I mean, if you give him time and space, he's definitely able to make things happen. It's just he's just a little bit more work in progress in terms of his skating ability. But, yeah, he's, he's going to be going back to the WHL, and I'm sure he'll be lighting the lamp just like he did last year with them. 
yeah, another stint down there will probably be, you know, that'll be good for him. I, I didn't want to lay, come in with a, any huge, like, preconceived or notions or any expectations for him. I guess because I was so excited after the draft pick about him, I thought he was one of their better picks. I was a tick underwhelmed in watching over the weekend, but I, I'm not losing any sleep over this. He's Yeah, there, there's a talented player there. Um, be interested to see how this season goes in the WHL. Lieb, uh, Lieb uh, uh, talks about what you're saying. Coyotes game, Lawrence and Doan were jawing nonstop during the entire game. Uh, one, one thing I'll say about that, I mean, Josh Doan plays just like his dad. He looks <laughs> just like his dad out there. It's crazy. I mean, just physical, like like Lieb said, jawing back and forth. I mean, you can, the Coyotes... I, I was able to uh, watch the first game, and it, it's weird too because they had Logan Cooley and Dylan Gunther there. They flew in for the first game, and then they left for Australia. So it was kind of weird that they even sent them there that weekend. But yeah, this is kind of looking at it where where I said expe- expectations were probably a little bit more measured for the Kings because the the teams that were they were going up against had just talent on talent. I mean, you had like I just mentioned Josh Stone, uh, Logan Cooley. Uh, Connor Geeky was on on the Coyotes. Maverick Lamoureux, we've talked about, um, and then the Sharks had William Eklund. The Ducks had uh, Leo Carlson. So there's a lot of good talent. Uh, but yeah, I thought the Kings team overall fared pretty well against them. Well, we'll get into uh, you know the the rest of the Kings stuff over in the land down under. But first, we're going to go to our sponsor here at DraftKings. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us on the NFL action. With great offers every single game day, new customers can bet $5 and get $250 instantly in bonus bets. Throw down $5 on any week's action matchups and walk away an instant win- winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of the two new offers every single September. Football is more fun when you're betting on the action. So download the app now. Sign up with code THPN. New customers can get just $5. Just bet $5. Throw it down. A little five ski. Get $200 in instant bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, code THPN, the crown as yours. Uh, I did a little betting this weekend, came out broke even, uh, a little bit on DraftKings, a little bit on some other apps that we're not sponsored by, but ultimately, uh, uh, you know, came flat out, so not, 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 not too bad, not too bad. What about you guys? You guys throw any money down here on DraftKings this weekend? So I actually I went to um, uh, the Circa in Las Vegas because I had mm-hmm. a couple of buddies of mine say, hey, "Go check out the Circa Sportsbook," and I wanted to go watch the Colorado Colorado State game on Saturday night. And dude, that place is incredible in terms of like where if you want to watch like a sporting event, just go there. So I put a couple bets down. I didn't win any money, but it was more or less just trying to uh, enjoy the environment and. But yeah, it was, it was really cool, really cool place. If you ever get a chance to go to Vegas, I highly recommend going to the Circa. That'd be cool. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard, I've been in Vegas, but I did not go to Circa. Uh, so Joe, I mean, you, you, you're a big better. Any, any, any action this last so, week or what's going on? I'll, I'll be honest, like I don't bat a lot of football or hardly ever. I don't, I just, I don't bet football. Um, I usually stick to hockey. Um, and that's it. Like I, I don't know a lot about football. I I follow the Giants a bit, but like that's I and I know, you know. Again, as you guys, you know, with our whole kind of bet stamp thing that we had, like I I there's a whole like gambling industry, and 
from what I've learned and I listen to a lot of, of what I consider smart and professional betters, like the NFL is the most efficient market in like outside of maybe soccer, like in Europe, maybe like, like there's no, you're not, you're not beating the books in the NFL. Chances are like, obviously you can win some bets here and there clearly, but like in general, it's that market is, is extremely efficient and I'm not going to mess with that because I just don't, I'm not, I'm not there. So I'll, I'll take my chances when it comes to hockey. It's still a little bit more of a niche uh, uh, sport in, ter- in terms of betting and not nearly the market and the money and the, and the quote unquote sharp betters that are, that are um, in the NFL. So. I, I purposely, Randon, you see responsible betting purposely, like after hockey season, I take the money right out of my, my betting accounts to not even be tempted to bet baseball. Cause I don't mess with that either. Uh, and, and football, because I just don't mess with those sports. <laughs> well, speaking of football, you want to throw something down for the Niners, uh, Giants? This right. tomorrow night? That's what, so what are, yeah. What are the odds on that? How much are the Giants getting? I, I don't know what they're getting. I'm going to need going into it. Oh, you're going to need the odds. Yeah. Saquon's out and everything like that. 10 and uh, a half. Is Oof. it? T- it's not 10 and a half. No way. It's 10 and a half. 10 and a half at points bet. It's 10, 10, half, 10 and a half at DraftKings. 10 and a half at DraftKings. 10 and a half at DraftKings. All right. We'll, we'll do, I'll give you 10 and a half. Okay. Bottle, a bottle of liquor or wine. Done. Done. All right. Gentlemen's agreement. Gentlemen's agreement. 10 and a half. I will. Let's do it. All right. All right, we're not. We're not any, I'm not going to get involved in any Charger games because I'll just be depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going from we're going from betting the Meadowlands into the land down under. So Kings are in Vegas. Vegemite anyone according to CJ and Al Smith says no thanks. I'll pass. Same thing with Kempe. Kempe, I don't know if you saw that. That was fantastic. He like he he tasted a half a spoon. And then he's like, "Oh, it tastes better on a cracker." He's like, "I'd rather pass," but he knows he's on camera. He's like, "I gotta, I gotta try this." He like walks away, comes back. It was, it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. But the Kings are down there. Uh, they've been down there, you know, for a couple of days now. Get a week of practice, you know, acclimation to uh, to the, you know, the the time zone and all that kind of stuff like that. Got some games this weekend, ready to go. We haven't talked about the roster. We weren't we weren't here last week, you know, enjoying our last probably week off from the entire season. But I think there's some. I think there's some. A lot of notes that we need to get to within what's coming up this weekend. Uh, let's start with the, the mega hits, right? Obviously, the practice started off. Uh, PLD and Fiala were for, were paired together. Fiala back to his normal self. Hey, we got to shoot. We got to pass. We got to do this. He's a little gunslinger out there trying to get the line fired up. What do you think about that so far? The tape looks good I've, from what I've seen. That like the practice has been going well with that pairing. I think it's a good indication. I think that's the number one thing I'm looking for this weekend. Yeah. It, when you kind of uh, saw the rosters that um, came from practice that Zach Tooley tweeted out, I guess we, I, I wasn't really that surprised. It's kind of something that we, we more or less expected. The only, the only real, uh, I guess, uh, spot in the lineup that we were curious about was whether or not Arthur Kaliev was going to be on that line with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kevin Fiala. And sure enough, that's what, what it came to and it looks like they're keeping the nice line together. And this is just for the time being, mm-hmm. but I remember, I remember uh, Todd McClellan said that last year and then that turned out to be the opening night roster. So I'll put a little bit more, more into it than maybe McClellan gives us, but yeah, this, this is what we expected. And and if, if that line can really get going, 
I mean, I think that could be one of the more exciting second, third lines in the NHL. I mean, with how what we, we expect from Dubois this season and obviously what we have come to know with Kevin Fiala uh, in his first year with the Kings and then with Arthur Kelly of that shot he has. I mean, if those three can click in terms of chemistry, I mean, man, that's going to be just a dominating line for the Kings. But, I mean, we, we expected that for the Kings with uh, Kevin Fiala playing with Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe last year. And sure enough, they were they were split a few games into the year. So I'll measure expectations a little bit, but exciting, exciting. Yeah, it's hard not to be excited about that that line. I mean, the the big question for for that we've had is can Kaliev, you know, maintain that trust enough to keep that spot? And again, I I don't want to go too crazy into the actual lines. I suppose just because. I, I think it makes a whole lot of sense for McClellan, especially over in, you know, the starting over in Australia to just kind of ride with what they know right now. And then, you know, maybe later in camp, they start to play around with some things. That's, that's kind of what I would have expected. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's a lot of potential there. there there's no question. Um, I just think it's, it's a, how does, um, Kaliev and Kenny hold the spot and be like you alluded to things never just really work out the way you think they're going to work out right there's never Arvidsson was supposed to live with Kopitar that didn't happen Fiala was supposed to play with Kopitar they ended up moving off of that you just things as things kind of evolve here over not only camp but then the first two three weeks of the season you're going to get a flow of some things you're going to see how things play out and and you never know how the lineups kind of ultimately settle um, because it just, again, it just rarely works out as, as you expect. Lieb coming here saying Kaliev getting lost in Fiala's chaos and getting his passes makes me unreasonably excited. See, the thing uh, about that is he won't get lost. I think I know where Lieb's going with this. And I actually, I agree with what he's saying because Kaliev, this is a frustrating thing about him. He's a smart player. He, he has smart – maybe it's just because he's smart offensive instincts. I think he's like the defense is going to let him lose – like they're going to lose him in the in the shuffle of Fiala's chaos and he's going to oh, be wide open. Fair – okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Lee, because I think then then I agree even more because Kaliev's brain is going to be more than capable of taking advantage of that because his offensive zone instincts – this is why that I've talked about how I think the guy is a good bumper player because you have to be so smart to play that position – I think he is that smart in the offensive zone when it knows where he 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 needs to be um, instinctively without the puck. I think Kaliev is really, really good without the puck in the offensive zone, knowing because he knows I'm a shooter and I have an elite shot. I have an elite release. I got to get myself into a spot to where whoever has the puck can find me. And I think he's really good at that. So I agreed, Lee, that I, I, I apologize. I misunderstood the first one. But I think that if the defense is focused more on Fiala, he is going to take advantage of that, he being Kaliev, because I do think he's a, a smart offensive player. I think that wing spot ultimately goes to the first guy that can grow a mustache. Because we <laughs> see Fial's got a mustache, PLD's got a mustache, and you got to have the holy triumphant. So uh, let that be known. Any any prospect any prospect that can grow a mustache is getting that spot. Uh, so if that's Laferriere, if that's Turcotte, is getting some, he's got some peach fudge sometimes. It's an imitation mustache. But it's there. Maybe he gets put on that line. You got to have the triumphant there. You got to have all three mustaches in a row. That's the only way you get the superpower bonus. Uh, but right now, Kaliev's in that spot. I think it's a good. I think it's a good spot there for him because, like I said, he does find the soft spots of the defense. He's able to 
almost get lost in translation as Lee was saying, coming in there, trying to find a spot there. You know, PLD is going to be anywhere from down the wing, power forward, bring it to the net, or he's going to be in front of the net. Fiala just dances like a leaf in the wind. And then you're just going to all of a sudden see Kaliev in the slot rifling that one timer, or he's got that, he's got a lightning quick wrister. Like he could take a bad pass from anywhere in his comfort zone and rifle a thing top shelf. So I think it's going to be interesting there. I do think that um, it's going to be interesting line. The fact that he doesn't really play much defense this last year, but the year before he was defensively sound Fiala, just does whatever he wants and PLD is going to have to carry that line. So mm-hmm. it's almost like, it's almost like Fiala is not a jigsaw piece at all. He's just a, like a little amoeba that rolls around and kind of fits where he needs to, but yep. he doesn't ever fit into a line perfectly. I think PLD is going to have to be the juggernaut or the, uh, the glue of that line. We'll see how that works out. I think it's a good thing. Uh, we always talked about he needed a shooter or that line needed a shooter, right? Because you have that big power forward, you have that playmaker, facilitator and you've seen a guy that can snipe um and looks like Kaliev's gonna get that first shot should we should we should we dub it the sean Dersey line where it's just gonna be all <laughs> offense and maybe not a lot of defense so it's I'm kind just, of what it looks well like. i don't want to i mean we could pour one out for the homies but i think we could find i i'm hoping it's easier it. it's easier for me to say that since he's not on the team anymore i guess i'm, I'm, I'm looking uh, i'm looking forward to Whenever we see Kevin Fiala on the ice with Brant Clark at the same time, just two oh, guys man. that have they don't play a position, <laughs> just all over the ice. It's just going to be them fun. looking back at the goalie, like, How'd that go in? Yeah, you guys are both in the crease at the same time. Like, what is going on? No, I, I think I, we got to find a if somebody can grow a mustache, we got there's a lot of jokes and a lot of good line names that could be made. So, throw in the chat if it's an all mustache line, like, where what do we call on that line? Throw in the chat, get in there. Uh, and, and help us out with that. I think that is what I'm most looking at. Obviously, you mentioned Brant Clark not coming to this. I really wanted to see him in that aspect injured with the significance of that injury to be to be uh, seen. But you're looking at a chance for for Jordan Spence. It's it's not lost on Kings fans. What Jersey was able to do in that season was build build time, build equity within the organization, and able to uh, perform that year. This is Jordan Spence's opportunity. He had equity in the playoffs. Last year really didn't get that opportunity and now is able to really shine coming here in Australia. Where do you think this shine where do you think this starts for the defense there on that right side without Brandt Clark there? How can Jordan Spence capitalize? Yeah, it's, it's his spot for the taking for now. He's definitely got the head start for it to be playing in these games. So I mean, it's you look at that third pair. It's kind of what we both, what we all expected, right? With their, with uh, Andreas England on the left side and Jordan Spence on the right side. Yeah, start there. Jordan Spence is getting a great opportunity. He's more than likely going to be the the quarterback on the second power play unit. So, I mean, if he can if he can take that spot and run with it, then we'll more than likely see Brent Clark. I'm sorry, Brandon, but we'll probably see him in the AHL for uh, some time. I don't know how long it'll be, but. I was going to ask you, I wanted to ask you guys, I know the, the report came out that Brian Clark is going to be, uh, I guess, without contact for seven to 10 days. Were you still surprised that he didn't still join the team in Australia? Because for me, like, if, like, this is obviously probably going to be a player that's more than likely going to be involved on the NHL roster and, and get and be playing with the Kings um, this season, more than likely than not. And who knows when that'll happen. But 
I would have expected the scent to see him actually just go with the team, whether or not he was going to play at all and just experience the Australia trip with them and practice with the team when they were there. What, what did you guys think from that? I, I'll be honest. I didn't think a whole lot of it. I know uh, Zach Dooley uh, had a, had a tweet earlier. I think I don't know if it was today or yesterday that he had, he got talked, had talked to Rob Blake and had said that, uh, you know, it's not a serious thing and that uh, he, he could open the camp in L.A. Um, with the group in L.A. and um, that the timeline just didn't work for Australia. I don't know. Perhaps, I mean, if he if he can actually start camp and skate, they're probably like, well, if he can't play, like, there's just go, go to L.A. and play and open up camp, skate, get on the ice and play, um, you know, and be a part of camp there. So that's kind of how I looked at it was, you know, it's 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 a lot travel wise and if it's just going to be for you know to be a part of with with the guys i mean i kind of get it but for a, for a kid like that if there's an opportunity for him to skate i think that's probably more important but um i don't know i think it's a fair fair question but yeah, for me for me it was all negative for me it was all <laughs> negative not not just cuz i don't get to see him play no i'm i'm uh, this this diagnosis i think the only reason that he's not on the plane is that this is a swelling type of injury. So we talk about knees, we talk about hips, that type of thing, right? Elevation, that kind of stuff, inflammation, all those types of things. Uh, Kopitar talked about multiple times with like the Salt Lake City stuff, all that kind of thing. You're looking at you're looking at bonding with the group, bonding with the, the boys. If he's a part of this team for the whole season, like you want to get that bonding moment, like him skating on ice and rehabbing for seven days when the team is skating and doing practices in Australia right now, where he could be skating uncontactedly. Like for me, it's a big deal. Like, I just don't think that it's, I'm not saying that his season is busted. I'm not saying that don't put money on him for Calder, even though I think Bedard is probably rigged. I think <laughs> that you're looking at, a player here that has done nothing but face uh, trials and tribulations when it comes to making this roster. The first season he had COVID or some, some sort of illness wasn't able to practice and they shipped him back to the OHL and then, or, or wasn't able to do, and then he got nine games or whatever and then shipped back to the OHL and then he dominated. And then he came back in here and he got sh- shafted for Canada's roster and then he continued to dominate. And then he got, allowed to be there and all this kind of stuff. I just think it's like, it's all like back and forth, him and ha. And Brant Clark seems like the guy that'll put a potato chip on his shoulder and let it crunch for, for decades. And so maybe this is the fuel for, uh, you know, for the Norris trophy for this season, Brant Clark Norris trophy. I'm sure those odds are like plus 75,000. So if you want to throw a little hundred dollar, uh, bet on that one, you might, you might lose just a hundred bucks. So, um, I, I think that this might be something that fuels him, but ultimately it's a fun trip. You're going to Australia. You're having fun with the boys. You're going around. Like you look at all the pitchers, like they're going to the rugby games. They're, they're going to tennis. They're going to this. They're meeting other athletes. They're doing guest spots. They're walking around the city. Like that's just, a, that's just as a, an event that a young kid would love to have with teammates that he's supposed to be playing with this season. Uh, I think that's a huge miss for the Kings. And the only reason he's not there is that the injury is more than what we think it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I, some people some people in the chat are mentioning. That it's probably maybe. I mean, obviously, we don't know the entirety yeah. of the injury, and maybe he's getting uh, better treatment in LA as opposed to going to Australia. But I mean, just if, if I mean Australia Aubrey- Australia is not the middle of Africa. Like they have first world treatment there. Like let's what are we talking about? 
I think the other part could be in, and I don't know the exact itinerary, of course, but like, I think we're also, I think about the back end of the trip, like when the guys get back to Los Angeles, I'd be surprised if these guys probably get a day off or two or two, like full days off because just to kind of get reacclimated. So I don't know. I, it just thinks if you got a guy with an injury that there's just a lot going on, there's a significant amount of travel, you know, maybe if this was in a different place that, that didn't take the toll that this travel does, that maybe he is on the trip, but I, I, I'm not reading too much into it. Again, I'm not discounting what you guys are saying. I get it. I think there's something to it. I will say, Randon, it took me way too long, way too long to get that potato chip joke, but I just got it and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Way too long. <laughs> I'm 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 here for the laughs. That's all. That's all I bring to this this group here. You got the analysis from the other two, and I crack jokes. And maybe people understand them or don't that's, understand. Them. I, that's why you're paying the big bucks. I, yeah. I'll, I'll note. I'll note though, because you know, I, I I did listen to McClellan um, in his press conference before camp started or before the the, the trip in in Australia, and I, he you know there was a question about Jordan Spence, um, and you know he spoke fairly glowingly of him right he's a he's, he understands he's kind of an unknown commodity kind of outside the organization but within the organization he's somebody that that they're all very aware of they know what he brings and that they you know even as a coaching staff are rooting for the kid to succeed so um you know i know russ and i kind of i mean as much as i'd like to see clark and spence on the roster together uh, i i'm i definitely just lean more with i just for everything that you could say that Clark deserves to be there because of X, Y, and Z, I don't see how you can't say the same exact thing for Jordan Spence. So I just think that he, if I had to say somebody's got the leg up, and I'm not even talking about the injury at this point, I, I, I thought kind of Spence all along. So we'll see how it shakes out, though. This is an opportunity. I, mean, right? I, I thought that was a do- I thought that was a dad joke for a little bit. I thought you were trying to get back at me with a little leg up thing, you know, injury humor, but. Uh... <laughs> One one last thing I'll say on the Clark thing, I guess, just to kind of look at it from another point of view is if he's if we're all expecting Jordan Spence to be on the NHL roster for the the start of the year, Clark is more than likely to be on the Ontario Reign roster. So I guess having him back playing with the practicing with the players that he'll more than likely start the season with makes more sense then. So I get from that point of view, too. Well, let's get to the other the roster spots here. There's a lot of other. Ackerman here. I mean, Jacob Doty's there. You know, it's a big muscle. You know, he looks like a guy that can handle a kangaroo too. Uh, you know, working up some ice spots there. But I think we have a question here from uh, a loyal fan here, Uru. Um, who do you see getting that third pair lefty spot looking at pairing Ungland or is it England or Ungland with Spence? Not looking good for Bjorn Foot. Uh, so is this a is this a spot that we want to see a little bit? how he functions in a real aspect. I know uh, there's only so much tape on the guy. How does he pair with a very versatile offensive de- uh, defenseman in Spence? Is this an aspect of the the weekend that you guys are looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, if I had to bet money, uh, I'd put Andreas Eng- uh, England right there in that lefty spot for the time being. I mean, we've talked about Bjornfoot a couple times now on this pod. I think a, a lot more in depth on the on the defensive grouping uh, podcast that we did a couple episodes ago, but yeah, with with Bjornfoot, we just haven't seen it yet, and and just obviously this is a start of training camp, so it's hard to to, to tell who's going to be uh, taking that spot. But I think England has the head start there. Um, but who knows? Maybe Bjornfoot just has a, a rock star preseason and a rock star training camp where he just really takes the reins for that lefty spot too. So 
But for yeah, for the time being, I'm going to have England there, and I don't think there's any surprise that he's starting there with defense. The yeah, right forget about what I want to happen. I mean, I I think this is, I think it's England's job to lose. I think the contract that they gave him, while it's not significant, the multi-year deal they gave him, he's a left shot D. He just fits the mold, right? He's a big body. He's known more as a defensive defenseman. He's going to be physical. Again, it's not – I want to be cautious. I've said before, haven't seen a ton of him, so I don't want to go too crazy with, like, analysis. So just the the prototype of player that he is just fits exactly the way they're going to play, right? Boring left shot D to, to, to do the job defensively, and then that right shot side is going to be, um, you know, Spence – say Spence for now, like – Bjornfoot just doesn't offer that. He 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 simply doesn't. I mean, I'm not a proponent here of Bjornfoot. I've talked about it. I think there's a small avenue with the way he distributes the puck that maybe that could be his kind of way out. But right now, it just screams England to me. And yeah, so to your question though, Randon, I'm very very interested in watching how he looks and just to get a better just for me personally, just to get a better feel on the player. Um, but I I yeah I I definitely think that it's it's his job to lose. Leave coming in here. I would love to see Mavari get a chance. He's so solid, not mind blowing, but he deserves to get an extended shot with the Kings. Hey, you're preaching the crier here, man, but ultimately it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I think you probably need to go to a deli, get yourself a nice little tuna sandwich and pour one out or chomp one out for the homie there. Cause that's his nickname. Force fed you that joke there. That was a force fed joke. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll stop with it. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm on a roll here tonight. I'm, fired tonight. I'm, ha- I'm, I'm having some fun here. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this way here, and I think this is going to be a fun trip. I mean, it's not going to be any indicative of what's going on. I'm, I'm excited about that second slash third line. I'm excited about some third pairings here, but I also want to see how Byfield's doing. Mm-hmm. It really would be a chance for the kid to to light the lamp a couple times, get on the scoreboard, really see that trip. Uh, I know that um, you know even just in the post of this podcast. Somebody talking in here, hey, the, the train is left for um the train is left for Byfield, right? And you know, the expectations aren't there. But and I agree, disagree. He's a second overall pick. He's playing on the first line for a playoff team. The expectations are definitely there. Uh for me, maybe a little bit higher than my other co-host. Um, Russ, you pointed out on Twitter, you put out what would be uh, a stat line that the the team would want to or you would be comfortable with with Byfield. So I'm, I'm just hoping I'm not really going to take – if he doesn't perform, I'm not taking much from this uh, trip. But what would be good for the kid, what would be good for a lot of Kings fans is seeing him, you know, light the scoreboard on fire and and get a couple goals or a goal and a couple points on this trip and really show that he's a dominant player and, and moving into that realm because ultimately there's a time to put up or shut up with, with him. And a lot of Kings fans have already crossed that point. A lot of fans are still holding that off and most are right in the middle. So what do you guys think about this trip and how is it important for Byfield to, uh, to perform here? I think, it, I think it's just important for him to play well, just to, to get, get his feet under him, play well. And I, I definitely think if he can, if he can pick up a goal or score or get, grab a goal, a couple points, whatever it is, that would certainly maybe be a little bit of a, 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 a deep breath and kind of sigh of relief that okay it's kind of off his off his shoulders a little bit but 
Um, I just, I just think just play well. Like I, it's, it's the first game of preseason. I don't think there needs to be any over analysis one way or the other for, for a lot of these guys, including Byfield. But I, I hope to see him play well. I hope to see him be an impactful player on that top line. Um, I'd be curious to see, uh, they're, they're probably not really working on much in terms of special teams. So I'm not going to read a whole lot into that, but um, no, I just, I just want to see him skate. Well, I, what I'm looking for less from a production standpoint is more. Can we see if the game is, we've talked about this at nauseum with, with Byfield, like if the game is still quick for him, like he's, he's a little jittery at times. He's, he's not kind of just calm with the puck um, when he gets it and looks to make a play. I want to see if he's doing those things. Is he, is he not rushing when he gets the puck? Is he, is he calm and looking to make a play things, things like that. Right. I mean, that's, that's, those are the kind of things that I'm looking for um, rather than, you know, we've seen what he did last year. He goes a million miles an hour and he can be impactful on a forecheck, all that stuff. But I want to see kind of that evolution of his game. And again, not reading too much into it in a, in a short weekend here and, training camp but those are the things i'm looking for really over the next few weeks frankly yeah i agree i mean i think i think this weekend is just more or less just it's a showcase for australia yeah i mean that's really what it boils down to but i guess going into the season yeah i'm glad I'm glad you brought up the question i answered or asked on on twitter random because i was having a conversation with a couple of kings fans and, and it really just pointed out to you like what the expectations were for byfield from a point production standpoint would be and because I mean, last year at the end of the season, I mean, Tom McClellan and, and we were all seeing it, like all the th- good things were happening when Quentin Byfield was on the ice. He was playing well. He was involved. All great things, but obviously he just wasn't scoring. So it's getting to the point now where this season, you can't just have that anymore. You can't just yeah. have, oh, he, at least he's playing well, but he's not scoring. I'm sorry. That's that's just not what it's going to be. So that's why I wanted to ask the question, like what would be like a good stat line for him to finish the season? Now, it's actually – kind of impressed by a lot of the Kings fans. A lot of the uh, answers I was getting were really measured and really, uh, I guess, made a lot of sense. I mean, for me, my expectations are maybe 15 goals, 30-plus assists, around 45, 50 points a year on the year. Be totally fine with that. And that seems like what the average was from a lot of the responses I was getting from the Kings fans on Twitter. So I'm glad to see that. And I, I think those 15 to 20 goals, 30-plus assists, I think that would be a good, good starting point for Byfield to kind of grow – into the player that we hope and expect him to be, whether it be a, a number one franchise center for the Kings. That's that's I'm, I'm along the same lines, Russ, in that 15 goal range, 25 to 30 assist range is kind of where I'd like to, as a, as a baseline where I'd like to see him. And it's so, it's so frustrating because as somebody, and I know you're the same way in that, you know, you kind of look at more than just the raw goals and assists. Like we like to look at the things as Randon likes when I say under the hood, to see how a player is actually playing and impacting the play. So I, I generally would prefer to like take the whole picture, but I think you make a really good point. Like we, he's kind of done that. And at some point there has to be production to it. And it, it's kind of that it's tough because I, I played this kind of tug of war with myself because I want, I, I prefer just that those underlying numbers. If you're the process is there, like it's going to come. But at some point, it just genuinely has to come, and there has to start to be production. So you know, this is a big year um, production-wise because I think if you have another year where, yeah, he played well under the hood, everything looks great, but it's another 20-point season, like that's, that is not going to fly. So, yeah, I, I, I would say at a minimum something in that 40-point in that range. 
I mean, you have sometimes you know the car gets you from A to B, but it's not it's not a good car. And eventually, you have to razzle dazzle. You have to pick up a girl for a date, and Quentin Byfield's got to get there. A king of the cup here coming in with twenty goals, sixty points. Uh, Al Smith coming here twenty and fifty total points. Uh, king of the cup comes back and says plus twenty five goal or uh, plus minus. Um, I, I think for me, it's yeah, I want to look like he's belong, but yeah, points matter. I'm, and I'm 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 a starch thing. You're the number two overall pick. The guy behind you is playing well. I mean, the guy in front of you isn't playing that well. I guess Lafren, mm-hmm. uh, Lafer, uh, Lafreniere. I've measured this. Ultimately, I think if he looks great in his position and has 55 points, I'd be fine. Or if he has looks fantastic, he has 45 points, I'd be fine. Or if he looks, you know. But if I'm I'm hoping for 60 plus points. Yeah, like there's a got to be a point where you're playing with a Hall of Famer and a 40 goal scorer that you are putting up points on the board, and it can't just be enough that you're chasing down pucks on the boards. Like, sure. I mean, we everybody was talking about Alex. I follow. Hey, like he's not a first line center, and that's what he or a first line winger. He's not. That's what he was doing. He was doing all the dirty work, and everybody was upset about that. There's got you. You can make excuses and all those kind of things, and I understand byfield making additions to his game right he's adding all the ingredients into this recipe and uh, and i'm all for it but sometimes i just want the sandwich to taste good i don't care how it's made i just want to see some points on the board um and and leap come in here and his sandwich is made with potato chips on a tuna sandwich like all good sandwiches i do like a good crunch in my sandwich Mm -hmm. so those potato chips gotta put the hot cheetos or the doritos on there oh you go Toast the bread, get a nice crunch with a nice Italian bread. Toast. Yeah, it. sometimes, oh. sometimes, sometimes. So, so you got you got the rust with the, the hot Cheeto. You know, if you're coming out, you just p- trying to put it together on the road. Rust there, and then Joe's going with the the gabagool <laughs> advice and coming and say, hey, you got to toast that bread. You got to get some good. You got to get some good bread. And you got to toast it. Uh, and hopefully, Byfield's toasting the stat line here uh, this season. But I think it's a big it's a big <clears> season <throat> for him. And I, I he's. Not put up or shut up, not like get rid of the player or anything like that. But I think he knows that this is a huge year for him to perform. He's yeah. given the opportunity, and and he's got to make the stat line sing. Well, hey, you talked about it, I think, on the last show, uh, Randon. Like, if you're Byfield and you're seeing some of these contracts being thrown out to these young kids, like, yep. buddy, <laughs> I mean, if if there's ever a time for you to have a season, this might be it. So, so go get it. Go, go. Give me it. some of that eight by eight and a half season. Come on, <laughs> Byfield. Leap coming here. Joe is at every deli counter in New Jersey <laughs> getting that toasted bread. Come in here. I'm going to throw it out to the group here. You know, yeah. Uh, Joe, you're about to say something. You want to, you want to come oh, no, out or are you coming out on the player? Nope. The, not, not, going to take it in a different direction to a different player, but hey. you, you fire it where you want to fire it. No, I was I was throwing it out there. You know, I was throwing it out there to uh, you know to the group. Where do you want to take this conversation? Here, we talk yeah. about the big hitters. Is there any small little topics that you guys are interested? Yeah, in? yeah, there is actually there is. So we've had conversations and we broke down kind of top line, middle six, bottom defense, uh, bottom line, all that stuff, right? And we kind of talked about competitions and this and this and this and this and. This and you know, Fagimo and Anderson Dolan and maybe Akil Thomas, maybe Laferriere has a surprise. Grunstrom is still here. He's He sh- continues to show well. Alex Turcotte, is he going to play? All this stuff. I, I, I don't think any of it's going to happen. Trevor Lewis is making this team. Trevor Lewis is on this team. And I think we, we as much as we, I think we had the conversation, if we went back and listened, we talked about it and we had all this like 
fun conversation about all these other players, but we kind of were like, but Trevor Lewis, as much as we think he's maybe should be the odd man out, he probably isn't going to be the odd man out. And if you listen to Todd McClellan's comments uh, uh, a few days ago, he's uh, consider me stunned if he's not on this roster. So there's one spot. Let's, let's call it what it is. And Grunstrom's here. It's, it's, it's Grunstrom, Fagimo, Anderson Dolan for me. I guess if there's a surprise, maybe Fagimo and Anderson Dolan are the ones that don't make it. And maybe it's an Akil Thomas or an Alex Turcott, but we're talking like the battle for 13th forward is, is how I'm looking at this again. Hey, maybe this changes over the next couple of weeks, but the one of the biggest takeaways and they haven't even, I shouldn't say they stepped on the ice. They have stepped on the ice for practice, but like Trevor Lewis is is for anybody that maybe had thoughts of him maybe kind of being the odd man out and yada yada like he's making this team and he's going to play so there's there's that competition in the bottom on that fourth line I don't know how much of one there really is I know I don't know I know that there's not a lot of like media talking to Todd McClellan about who's making the roster and how the media should be advertised. But you wouldn't know it that Alex Turcott is on this trip other than his own Instagram, <laughs> right? Like, so, like, is we're talking about, I mean, I talked about the Brent Clark thing. Like, he's Turcott's having a chance to, to play with the boys. And I think this is a huge for him, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's been away from hockey, injured constantly. Now he's going to, he's a chance to be there with the boys, go on this trip, have a good trip, do this kind of thing. And is this his launch point for Alex Turcott? to potentially make this roster and, and and obviously you're talking about trevor lewis but i mean they had i mean trevor lewis isn't nate nate thompson isn't trevor lewis oh congratulations nate thompson for yep. uh having a yep. role on the uh strength and development staff there and he in, was in the Vegas training thing with stolen company yeah so but i'm not saying like this could is this a launching point for turcott for this season to where he could have a good couple games i mean i i think they're probably not going to play all the mega starters for every single game. So he's going to have an opportunity. Like, is this a chance for him to not only mesh with the boys, get some confidence in his own, right? Enjoy the trip and and maybe put a foundation to the start of the season. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like when I went to the El Segundo and I saw the, the guys uh, kind of practicing quote unquote, just unofficial practice before they left, I was really happy to see Turcotte out there and I was watching him. He looks really good. It's just good to see a healthy Alex Turcotte because we yep. haven't seen it that much. So the thing the thing that kind of strikes me a little bit is it seems like he's the fifth center on this team. So if a center goes down, it more than likely would be Alex Turcotte that would be the next man up, which see that. I mean, I'm happy with because with like Joe just mentioned, right, there's really no spots available. And then we can maybe argue a little bit about whether the Grunstrom left side of that fourth fourth line spot is available whether it be Grunstrom or Begim or Jared Anderson Dolan or whatnot but whatever but it seems like Alex Turcott is that fifth center so it's a good starting point for him I mean you're not going to change anything when you have Kovatar, Dubois, Deneau and Lazat so those four are obviously going to be the four centers that you have to go to the NHL but Alex Turcott he's the next man up when if, if there's an injury or anything like that in the center position so I'm happy to see it I hope Cross the fingers that he stays stays healthy and gets his chance because I'm excited because I, every time we watch Alex Turcott play, especially with the rain, he just looks like a great player. So I hope he gets his opportunity and, and I'm I'm looking forward to a good season for him. 
I'm I'm happy for for the player that he's that he's had a good offseason here. That he's on the trip, and I think McClellan talked about this with Jacob Doty how this was that organization recognizing and rewarding Jacob Doty, and even saying like, listen, there's had he not missed all of last year, a significant portion of last season with injury, maybe he would have an NHL contract. So I think they wanted to reward him, and maybe this is an example with Turcotte where they're looking to say, listen you've kind of you've earned it you've worked your ass off you've had some rough luck with injuries so um you know i, I can see them that being a, a big part of the reason why he's there also to showcase himself but i don't know where he plays like he is so to your question randon like i don't know I don't, I don't think so just because i don't know if it's a jumping off point because i don't know where he jumps to i don't know where he plays you know i just don't think there's going to be he jumps into all of our hearts and I hope he does. Like I would, I'd love for him. I, I echo Russ. Like every time he plays, I, I enjoy watching him, but I'm really tempering my expectations or excitement just because there's not a lot of spots here on this roster. You know, I mean, we just, if you look at the Kings right now have 13 forwards and they probably are going to carry 13 forwards, right? They're probably not going to have the cap space to carry 14. So when you're, you're in Grunstrom, Anderson, Dolan, that's it. Figi, again, unless somebody, you know, maybe pushes Anderson Dolan out, right? And Figimo maybe pushes Anderson Dolan out. Maybe Akil Thomas, depending on how camp goes, pushes Anderson Dolan out. I, but that's it. Like, where, 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 or, or I just don't know where they play. So um, let's play a little game of crystal ball here. Let's play a little game of crystal ball, right? Blake Lazat's last season as a on his contract. Don't what do if some. That. <laughs> what if some inj- what if some injuries happen to where what not maybe not to Blake Lazard or maybe just to the Kings in general where Alex Turcotte does get that four C option and he does perform does he now alleviate that that obligation for Lazard to be resigned to where they feel confident enough for him to be in the in the in the in the organization I think I just saw a tear come down Joe's <laughs> Joe's eye right now. But, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just going to say, like, if there's a player I want Alex Turcotte to just shadow, it's Blake Lazat. Just do everything that Blake Lazat does because that will make you a quality NHL player. Sure, I mean, Alex Turcotte probably has a lot more potential coming into an NHL career than Blake Lazat did. But Blake Lazat has turned into a quality NHL player. And I will... I'm with you, Joe, and and I will go to, to war against anybody who, who talks down on Blake Lazat because he's just been an outstanding player. He's always the player. Like, you come away with not wanting more from watching an NHL game when Blake Lazat is in the lineup because he's just always going to leave his heart out on the ice. So, I mean, yeah, if, if let's say that there is a situation where Blake Lazat doesn't get resigned, maybe he has a good year and then he gets a <clears> – <throat> A better a better contract from another team, then I wouldn't be just too disappointed because if you have Alex Turcotte that can kind of grow into that potential, yeah, I see it. I mean, as long as we can re-sign my boy Matt Roy, I think I'll take that trade. I, Joe Joe is sad, <laughs> but Lieb is speaking speaking for Joe and the rest Thank of Lazat. Lazat is never leaving our hearts. He's not, and he's also not leaving the Kings. He's a he's still a restricted free agent. I, I he's not gonna really go anywhere. I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna you know, he, he's an arbitration eligible restricted free agent and he, he's going to be with the organization and he should be with the organization. Um, that's what kind of makes the Turkot thing a little interesting because you've got presumably your four centers, you know, locked up <laughs> for a bit here. Um, so 
to your point, Russ, if he is indeed that fifth center, then you're hoping for injury. You know what I mean? Not hoping for injury, but he yeah. needs an injury in order to get in. So I, I still think there's an avenue for him to, to shift to the wing just because otherwise he's not going to play. Do you so, think uh, then then you sorry, Joe, do you think yeah. then he's more of a replacement for Jared and Dolan rather than Blake? Lesko? Yeah. So, so my, 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 you know, again, I, I, I guess, I where I thought maybe there was a, a battle for like two or three spots, maybe both wings on that line and the extra forward. I think really there's probably only one spot because I think Lewis is playing right wing. Even if Grundstrom isn't the everyday left winger, I think Grundstrom's on the roster. So I think there's one roster spot in my, I don't think that maybe it's a hot take. Well, one my opinion is there's one roster spot up for grabs and that's kind of the 13th forward. Is that Anderson Dolan? Is that Fagimo? Is that Turcotte? That's maybe where the battle is, and the way, that's how I'm looking at this. Is is I, I I think there's there's a battle for the 13th forward spot. Which at that point, sorry sorry Russ, but is in that point, who needs more ice time? Turcotte does. Right? Like Correct. He, he needs to play second C in AHL. And Jad, no offense to him, he's already been playing that fringe player for the last couple of years. Not that he's used to it, quote unquote. I don't know a better mm-hmm. better way to say it, but he's has the acumen to to play anywhere on the lineup, just like Turcotte does. He's has been in that position before. It would seem to me that Turcotte needs the minutes to where if he's not penciled in as an everyday starter, then he needs to play in the AHL. Yeah, and I've said that. I think I said that on an episode a couple couple episodes ago is, is if he's healthy coming into the year, I would just love to see him on the NHL roster. That's why I'm kind of disappointed that still have him at that center position because I would just love to see him on the wing just so he can get that opportunity. Because for me personally, I'd love to see him be that that winger playing alongside Blake Lazat and Trevor Lewis as opposed to Carl Grundstrom. Maybe that's too much of the same player on one line, but I mean, like yeah. we've seen from Alex Turcotte, you just he just hasn't been healthy enough to get the opportunity. And now that he's finally healthy, give him the opportunity, give him the chance. This is a player that was drafted fifth overall. Put him on. The I just don't know. Grundstrom produces when he plays. Does I, he? Yes. Does he? Yeah. We, we, oh, talked, yeah, he was, uh, he was third on the team in shooting percentage. He, yeah. He, I mean, he was number one on the team in hits and he's, he does a lot of things. Grundstrom is my boy. You better not be disgraced. Listen, no, in this I, building. I have I have been somebody along kind of like Russ, which says like, all right, I've kind of seen enough, I think. But when I look and dig into the numbers a little bit, it's like, Jesus, the guy, the guy does produce when he plays. It's like, what else are we asking for when you talk about he put putts in the net, he sets guys up, he contributes in terms of contribute shot contributions, he's a physical presence. How, what more is the coaching staff asking for out of the guy? He's the PB and J this lineup. It's solid. It's good every time you have it. Man, we never love under- sandwiches today. We're, we're oh my god, hungry, I'm hungry. Probably. I haven't had any dinner. I'm hungry. But like, it's true though. He's the PBJ this lineup. Like, you can get some pizzazz from the jelly. He's good every time you eat it. You can cut the crust off and get a little saucy from time to time. Like, and then if you go on crustable, you're you're knocking people. You're knocking people on wild on that type of thing. God, and, I'm hungry. And this is I hate wheat bread, and it just feels like Trevor Lewis is wheat bread right now, and I can't stand that. <laughs> I and I hate being negative because I love Trevor Lewis, like love Trevor Lewis. But man, uh, like it just you're robbing us of potentially 
again, one of these other guys being in it just, and again, I, I get it. Like he, he wants that kind of stable veteran guy, yada, 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 all that stuff. But I guess, I guess it's just like, do I mean, do we expect Trevor Lewis to, to play a full 82 game season? I mean, he could, he could no. right. He's done it. He did it last year, but I would be surprised if he did Based it. Based on Tom McClellan's tenure. Yeah. He's I, gonna, I expect him to play 70. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then, but so, for me, like, I would just love to see them transition Turcotte to the wing just to give him a chance. Agreed. Don't wait for him to, don't wait for a center to, to get injured or whatnot, which we obviously hope doesn't happen. Um, but I mean, it's just like, I just go back to kind of Rasmus Kapari last year where they were just so hell bent on keeping him in that center role when it just wasn't working for him. And it just, I just would have liked to see what would have happened if they would have transitioned him to the wing. And this is kind of what I want to see out of Turcotte, especially like if you want to keep Blake Lazile next year, then where's Turcotte play? Because he's going to have to be a winger. I mean, because that's what I'm saying. Yes. You're having, you have Lazat, Deneau, and Dubois, and Kopitar signed for the next two years at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I just want to see Turcotte on the wing because I think he'll get, that's where he'll get his actual opportunity to play with his team. Or, like, the, perhaps the, the the if he if they envision him as a center, if the Kings view him as a center, then to Randon's point, get him in Ontario, let him play all the center minutes that he can eat. Hopefully, he has a good productive season. And let's call a spade a spade. I mean, maybe he's a, maybe he's a chip, maybe he's a deadline chip. Um, maybe he regains some value and, and he's a deadline chip. I mean, I don't think we can sit here and say that anybody at this point, you know, we, we saw Gabe Velarde just had a kind of a breakout season finally, and he's gone. So like, I, I think Rob Blake is, is, you know, comfortable in terms of making a tough decision if he has to in a trade, but I agree. I, I like the player when he's healthy. I want to see him shift to the wing. I, I think that he can battle and be in that spot. It's one of those it's it's a, it's a fine line because I think as Randon points out, I think this is a guy that hasn't had a ton of games over the last couple of years. And if there's anything he needs, it's ice time. And if he's not going to get it um, on a, on a nightly basis in the NHL, I, I think with other guys like Fagimo, for example, like, or he, he doesn't need to necessarily play every day. I don't think, right. Mm-hmm. He kind of, he can be a guy that's that 13th forward and you can spot in and he can do what he's going to do, right? He's a shooter, all that stuff. I, I do think it's different with Turcotte just because of all of the injuries and just kind of the in and out of, in and out of the line over the last couple of years that my opinion is it's a little different for him that he, he actually does need some more time. Um, so I kind of buy into the AHL development a little bit more with Turcotte than say I do with somebody like a Fagimo. Yeah, and we can, when you kind of look at the center depth of the prospects right now, I mean, we've heard Nelson Emerson talk glowingly about Samuel Holanius, about mm-hmm. how he can be a future bottom six in the NHL. And mm-hmm. and if that's going to be with the Kings, then we'll have to wait to see what happens there. And then there's also another player that we haven't even mentioned, that's Akil Thomas. I, yep. I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with Akil Thomas. And also, since he's getting the opportunity to train, to train with the team in L.A., he'll more than likely get a chance to to showcase himself during some of these preseason games. So that'll be a player to watch too, because he's obviously played the center position as well. He, he's played almost every yep. position, yep. but yeah. So I, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a couple of trade. There's a couple of pieces. I, I, I get where you're going, Joe, or maybe you see a trade involved with one or two of these players. 
I mean, I guess also, too, is the Kings have already traded quite a bit of their prospect pool. I would like to try to see them grasp on to some of their higher-end prospects for as long as they can. But I guess for a team, also, too, for a team that's contending or wants to win a Stanley Cup like everybody's talking about, you might have to make some of those risks or make some of those decisions where you get rid yeah. of some of those prospects. Yeah. And we will see when that comes this season. I'm just excited to watch some hockey this weekend. Thank you, everybody, for coming in the chat. As always, you can find all of our articles at HockeyRoyalty.com or follow us on Twitter at Hockey underscore Royalty, at Randall Commando 24 at NHL Russell, at JW Paterino. For all your rain content at Kopitar4HOF. Hey, if you want to make some bets this weekend, DraftKings code THPN. Man, glad to be back, boys. Hockey's in town. Let's go. I love it. Thank you guys for coming to the chat. And as always, on this podcast, Go Kings Go. Like and subscribe. All that good nonsense. You!